It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day, every day, every day. We welcome you into the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 272. I'm your host, Chris Russell. As always, you can follow the Locked on Redskins podcast very simply on Twitter at Locked Redskins at Locked Redskins. Just drop the on at Locked Redskins for all sorts of stories, links, content, um, links to the podcast, ways you can listen, all sorts of things going on in Redskins land. And always, we invite you to check out at Locked on NFL Net. So away we go. And the Redskins have officially reported to training camp in Richmond. They have completed their conditioning test, depending on when you are listening to this. They may have already recorded and uh, uh, wrapped up their first practice if you're listening uh, say after thursday morning around noon time um july 25th uh, but as i record this uh, it is wednesday afternoon july 24th uh, and i wanted to make sure that we get this out there and all the information coming out uh, from redskins training camp jay gruden is meeting with the media as we speak um Here's a couple of updates uh, that the head coach is providing in his first time at the podium in about six weeks. So the the deal is is with this. As we reported, as we've speculated, as we've thought all along, Trent Williams officially is not in Richmond, as expected. He is not reporting. Uh, Jay Gruden said he expects him back soon. Uh, doesn't know exactly what Trent is looking for. Hasn't talked to him. Uh, but for whatever reason, Jay is saying he expects him back soon, uh, which means Jay is just saying that just not to sound the alarm bells. Jay has no idea. How could he expect him back soon if he hasn't talked to him? Jay's just saying that just to say that because that's what Jay does and that's what most head coaches uh, do. Uh, So that's one issue. The other issue uh, is certain guys, uh, you know, with their injury statuses and updates. And and by the way, just one thing on Trent, you know, and Rappaport pointed this out the other day, uh, and I've heard kind of similar tales to this. Even if he did report today, Even if he did report on time, Trent would not be practicing, would not be able to participate uh, from what I understand, and certainly would need to get medically cleared. Now, uh, Darius Geis, according to Gruden and reporters on the scene at the Bon Secours Redskin Training Center, uh, said that indeed, while Geis tweaked his hamstring, it's nothing serious. He won't be limited at all uh, and did not open up on the preseason pup list. But, so while that's a really good sign, uh, Alex Smith, of course, did open up on the preseason pup list, and Bryce Love opens up on the NFI list. Uh, And the NFI list is kind of weird in that um, it's basically designed for if you don't have a football injury. 
now I don't know quite honestly how this works from the standpoint of he was hurt in his final college game. He was hurt in that final game for Stanford in early December. That's a football injury towards ACL. He had surgery performed by Dr. James Andrews. I'm not sure if they're allowed to put you on the NFI list because the injury did not happen while under control of the Redskins or not. That, again, is unclear based on everything that I've read, and it's more procedural than anything as opposed to why he doesn't open up on preseason pup. But, for instance, uh, just in trying to clarify this situation, uh, it's listed, the NFL-NFI list, as a non-football injury. It's a similar list, uh, again, known as the non-football injury, uh, which is functionally equivalent, uh, is how like Wikipedia and Google is defining it, uh, but it's used for players who are unable to practice as a result of conditions unrelated to football or injuries that did not occur during a game or practice. Now, again, Kendrick Norton, the Dolphins defensive lineman who got into the automobile accident and had his arm amputated, was placed on the NFI list. That kind of makes sense. In terms of a guy like Frank Gore, he has a minor injury. He has been put on the non-football injury list uh, because... That's what the Bills chose to do, but we don't know how he actually got hurt. Um, Just trying to use recent examples. Um, Holsey, um, the kid that was drafted in the seventh round a couple years ago uh, by the Redskins, when he uh, hurt his foot before camp last year, he was put on the NFI list. Again, that all makes sense. I'm not sure why Bryce Love is on the NFI list. We're going to have to dig and try and find out uh, some more details on that and whether it really means anything or not. I mean, I'm sure the Redskins are compliant uh, within the salary cap and within uh, the collective bargaining agreement, but the bottom line is is it is a weird kind of designation. But, again, while Alex Smith uh, opens up on preseason pub, Uh, You have that situation. You also have the good news on Bryce Love, um, uh, on uh, Darius Geis, I should say, um, you know, and some other, and and besides, of course, the Trent Williams situation. uh, A couple of other quick updates uh, as I just kind of scroll through everything as we're recording this uh, in real time. The Mason Foster situation, um, Jay Gruden you know, basically said, look, uh, he was a great player for us. Uh, There's no great time to release a player uh, like that, uh, but he likes the linebacker depth. What do you expect him to say? Um, You know, again, the reporters down there are asking all the right questions, uh, but what do you expect him to say? Um, One other thing that I wanted to make sure that I got out there for you from Jay Gruden's opening press conference. Uh, the other name, a couple of names that are going to open up on preseason pup is a seventh round rookie outside linebacker Jordan Brailford, uh, and as well cornerback Danny Johnson, who was an undrafted free agent who made the team last year. 
So you have Brailford, you have Alex Smith and Danny Johnson starting on Pup, Bryce Love starting on NFI, Darius Geis looks to be cleared to go, Jay Gruden also confirmed and cleared uh, that Brandon Scherf is going to open up, of course, training camp on time, uh, saying he looks amazing, he's in the best shape of his life, uh, and also noted that Morgan Moses uh, is down to 328 pounds, and in Jay Gruden's case, he said, quote, best shape of his career, in my opinion. So some good news for the Washington Redskins in terms of guys that will be able to practice uh, right away from the start of training camp. Obviously, the expected bad news with Trent Williams. No shock, of course, on Alex Smith. Uh, we didn't really know anything about Jordan Brailford or Danny Johnson, but let's be honest, those are not major, major contributors um, and you get, again, some good news that Brandon Sheriff and Morgan Moses are ready to go and are healthy and are cleared and are ready to go and practice right away, as is Chase Roulier, uh, and he missed all of the offseason programs, so um, you have that situation. All right, so let's take a quick time out right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 272, and we'll come back. And we'll tell you about the Redskins tight end group because we continue our training camp preview uh, unit by unit. We've done the offensive line. We've done the running back. We've done the wide receivers. We'll do tight ends. Uh, and then we'll do quarterbacks, uh, of course, last. And then a word on the coaches uh, as well. So we'll come back and do the tight end uh, unit preview right here on episode number two. 72 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. What's up, guys? It's Chris Russell, Locked on Redskins. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Not to go to work, but ready to go to the bedroom. That's right. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, fellas. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, and you can be ready to go whenever the opportunity comes about. If you could benefit from a little extra function, fellas, and more confidence where it matters, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew. Is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. If you visit BlueChew.com, you get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping again. That's B-L-U-E Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. Get it now, guys. All right, it is episode number 272 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Just a couple more notes from the opening press conference of Jay Gruden uh, on Wednesday in Richmond uh, as the Redskins officially kick off training camp 2019. Um, so Jay, in his, uh, his never-ending brilliance, threw sort of a jab, threw Josh Norman a little bit under the bus uh, when he was asked about Josh Norman jumping over a bull. He said, quote, I knew the bull wouldn't hit him. 
he avoids contact. Just kidding, Josh. And he laughed. Uh, and he said, Josh is a man of the world. Josh has experienced more things in his life at a young age than most people have in their whole life. Obviously, we wouldn't recommend that for our players, and we want to keep the, want them to keep out of harm's way. Josh is a unique man, and he has done a lot of great work other than jumping over bulls. He's done a lot of charitable work that people don't know about and great things for the community. I applaud Josh and the way he lives his life. Now, listen. <sighs> There is no doubt that there is a lot of truth in that. Josh Norman has done a lot of great things in his life. Josh Norman does a lot of great things for charity. Nobody has denied that. We've all paid attention to it. We've all tweeted about it. We've all said it. We've all written about it. Uh, all of that is true. And Jay is absolutely right. We wouldn't recommend that. But don't think for a second when you're talking about a guy who counts for almost $15 million of your salary cap that not only would they not recommend it, but that they were not happy about it. Don't think for a second. Uh, this is politically correct, Jay. Uh, and, of course, the little dagger, uh, the little, I guess, jab, if you will, about I knew the bull wouldn't hit him. He avoids contact. You know, look, J Josh Norman, there's many criticisms of Josh Norman. Hollywood, uh, caring much more about his life and having fun than football, all uh, lack of turnovers, all of that stuff, lack of leadership, all of that stuff. But one thing that I know about Josh Norman that I can't even possibly, possibly criticize him for is that he's tough and physical, and he's absolutely willing to put his nose in there, uh, and he doesn't avoid contact and doesn't avoid – so obviously Jay is just sending a little barb, just sitting on things and doing what Jay does. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, don't take anything from that. That is pure, legitimate stand-up comedian uh, Jay Gruden. So that you know, that's it. That's what that is. Um, so the other thing that I thought and I found interesting was Jay Gruden was asked about coaching for his job and essentially what this year is going to become. And he knows that his job is on the line. Everyone knows that their job is on the line. And guess what it should be? Right. We're all in a pressure induced environment. Whatever you choose to do for a living, whatever you choose to do for your career. The bottom line is, is if I don't do enough good radio shows, 106.7 The Fan won't employ me. If I don't do enough podcasts, locked on podcast, the whole deal. We all have to meet deadlines. We all have to meet pressure. We all have to do what we have to do to get by. And Jay Gruden has to win. Jay Gruden has kept this team together to finish 7-9 and nine the last two years despite the enormous amounts of injuries, and we all know how many injuries that they've had. You might say, well, what's the difference between 7-9 and nine and 8-8 eight and eight? if you're not going to make the playoffs? You're better off being 7-9. and nine. But that's not the way professional sports people look at things. 8-8 eight and eight is a difference. Even though it costs them better slotting in the draft, there is no doubt that this football team and organization would rather sell and would rather be 8-8 eight and eight than 7-9, and nine, period, even if it doesn't mean the playoffs. So when Jay was asked on Wednesday about the pressure to win, he said, quote, 
I think that this is the greatest coaching job in pro sports, and it's an honor to be the head coach of the Washington Redskins. And with that comes great expectations. And now he's true. He says we haven't lived up to them the past couple of years. He says performance is king, and our record these last two years, we were 7-9. and nine. He said in the NFL, you got to win to keep your job, and we have – to, and we have to get it turned around. He said, Mr. Snyder and Bruce have given me a great opportunity to coach this franchise for five years going on six, and I have every intention to believe, every reason to believe, we have a great football team and we are on to something special here. Now listen, take that in two parts. I, there is no doubt that the Redskins are much, 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 much better on the field, much better on the field than people are giving them credit for, and then certainly the prognosticators, you know, three and thirteen, four and twelve, get out of here with that nonsense. That, that's that's absurd. But you are what you are, right? For whatever reason, you're defined by your bottom line record, and they are seven and nine, subpar, not good enough. They need to be a minimum of eight and eight this year. Minimum, minimum, ideally nine and seven, in order for Jay Gruden to keep his job. But the laughable thing was when Jay Gruden said, I think that this is the greatest coaching job in pro sports. I mean, come on, Jay. Give me a break. Give me a break. <laughs> really? Okay. Jay Gruden's a funny guy. All right, when we come back uh, on the Locked on Redskins podcast, it is episode number 272. As training camp gets underway, we'll finish up uh, with the tight ends for the Redskins and a word on the Eagles defense as we continue to look at the divisional opponents. And we'll start to break into all sorts of other areas as training camp rolls along and the preseason uh, through further episodes. It is, uh, again, episode number 272 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Make sure you follow at Locked Redskins on Twitter, at Locked Redskins on Twitter, and as well at Locked on NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram, at Locked on NFL Net for more. And you can always email me your complaints, things you like, things you want to hear. Uh, russellmania09 at gmail.com russellmania09 at gmail.com back in a flash on the Locked On Redskins podcast LOR 272 We're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast Indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need Indeed Back here on the Lockdown Redskins podcast, episode number 272, we f start to kind of wrap up our Redskins unit-by-unit unit previews uh, with training camp now officially underway, 2019, down in Richmond. We still have the tight ends, the quarterbacks, and the offensive and defensive coaches uh, to go as we kind of take a look at everyone and everything uh, on this team. If you've missed the previous unit, 
previews, of course, we always put up a link to the last five episodes. You can feel free to download or find any one of them. Started them about two weeks ago, uh, so it's easy to find, and we label everything. Uh, so it's, again, easier for you to find. So let's get to this with the tight end spot. Clearly, it's a precarious situation for the Redskins. Jordan Reed was the Redskins' leading receiver in terms of uh, number of catches last year and as well in terms of receiving yards at 54 uh, with 558 receiving yards, edging out Josh Doxson in that particular area, 558 to 532, and having 10 more receptions. And again, Reed didn't play the last couple of games of the season. He averaged 10-3, long of 34, two touchdowns. Clearly, the Redskins need Jordan Reed to be that explosive red zone threat, that isolation guy where they can line up three by one with Reed isolated on the one side, and they can throw a fade, a front pin corner, that type of thing, where he can out jump somebody, where he can use his size and athleticism uh, or on a crossing route uh, because Jordan Reed is so good at that and when he was at his best in 2015 the Redskins offense just feasted and coincidentally enough they haven't been the same since he's of course hadn't hadn't been healthy which has been you know much of the 2016 17 and 18 season uh, where he's been there at times and you've still seen the flashlight go on but it hasn't been consistent of course if the Redskins can keep Jordan if they can get anything close to the 2015 Jordan Reed they're going to be a much better offense Uh, it goes without saying now two things I'll add Jordan Reed Cleared, obviously, to start fully practicing at the beginning of training camp, so that's a good sign. I don't know if you'll see him at all in the preseason games. Maybe game three down in Atlanta. We don't know, Uh, but I would be stunned if you see him before that. Surprised, I guess, is the better word, uh, before that. Um, The other thing that I would say is Reed himself, uh, and I have a good relationship with him. I've covered him since day one. We got to know each other, so I think he trusts me. Jordan told me right around week 10, week 11 last year when I asked him, I said, I see some of that old explosiveness, that crossover, that sick kind of get off, uh, off the line of scrimmage with man press coverage where a linebacker walks down or a safety walks down uh, and tries to jam him. And I, I did see that a number of times. And I said, you know, hey, I said, are you feeling like you're pretty close here? And he said at that time, absolutely. He thought he was really close. Um, and he said two things. Um, in addition to feeling like he was close to being back to his, his old self, again, with that explosion and the, the sick pivot route move type uh, thing that I'm trying to describe, he also said, look, I, I'm looking forward to a normal offseason where he doesn't have a major rehab and a major surgery to recover from, and a major injury to come back from, where he can train his mind and his body to get better as opposed to getting back to zero. And the injury that he suffered late last year, again, I don't think it was a debilitating injury by any stretch of the imagination. Maybe it limited him to some degree at the beginning, uh, but I'm pretty sure, and I haven't talked to Jordan in a while, I'm pretty sure he was able to have close to, if not a completely normal offseason, and again, cleared, ready to go, day one, training camp, all that stuff, that's really good. That's a really good sign for Jordan Reed. Uh, I think he'll have, you know, if he can play 14, 15 games, I think he'll have 60-plus catches, hopefully, you know, 
800-ish yards, somewhere in that range. And if the Redskins can get five or six touchdowns out of him, that will be huge, uh, especially in the red zone where he can use his body on the three-by-one side uh, and they can throw the back shoulder fade, the front pin, uh, the the jump balls, all the stuff that, you know, Josh Doxson hasn't been good enough at and the Redskins have really been missing in that area. Uh, so in addition to Jordan Reed, you have Vernon Davis, 25 catches, 367 yards, a 14-7 average, the long of 53 on Thanksgiving Day for the touchdown, two touchdowns. Again, the average is a little bit misleading because of that one catch. You can't take it away from him, but I wouldn't expect Vernon Davis to be in the neighborhood of 14-5 plus this year in terms of average, even though he's still in pretty darn good shape and he's a good leader and what, all that. Um, Vernon Davis, you know, at 35, I mean, what can you expect? I'm still surprised, quite honestly, he's on the team, but it also shows you, one, you know, that they don't have a great option uh, other than Vernon Davis to kind of complement and back up Jordan Reed, number one. Number two, they like Vernon Davis's leadership. Number three, they love Vernon Davis's public persona and image. He's good for the Redskins. Oh, and by the way, don't forget, he also big time defended Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder last year. Don't make any mistake about it. That counts. That counts. In addition to those two guys, they have Jeremy Sprinkle, five catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown last year. He should have had two touchdowns uh, last year. Sprinkle needs to be a little bit more uh, of the offense, whether it's in the three tight end sets or the multiple tight end sets that are pretty common in the Jay Gruden offense. And Matt Flanagan only had one catch for 14 yards uh, last year, but it'll be really interesting to see what happens uh, in that area. And, and the reason why I bring that up is because among tight ends last year, and it's, again, a very lim- limited sample size, Matt Flanagan, according to ProFootballFocus.com, ranked out as the ninth best, the ninth best uh, blocking and allowed pressure tight end. Now, again, it's a very, very, very limited snap count, 47, as a matter of fact, um, with nine in pass blocking and 38 in run blocking. So that, again, is a telltale sign uh, to a little bit uh, of a degree, but he graded out as overall a 73.7 with his pass blocking at 79.7 and his run blocking at 68.3. He only allowed one hurry, one pressure allowed. Could Flanagan make the team over Jeremy Sprinkle or as a fourth tight end slash fullback? Of course, absolutely, because he probably, probably early indications are He probably is the best blocker that the Redskins have, which, of course, is the biggest problem with the position is that they don't have any great blocking options. And Sprinkle, there was hope that he would be better than Reed and Davis. And he's okay. is the best way I could put it. He's okay. So it'll come down to that third tight end, maybe a fourth tight end, whether somebody actually can block in line and block in space to help out the running game and the short passing game. All right, quick word on the Philadelphia Eagles on defense, and then we'll try and add more to this mix. It all starts up front for them, much like it does for the Redskins. Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, who they added in free agency after um, signing a big deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars and being let go a couple years into that. And then, of course, Brandon and Graham, Vinny Curry into the mix too, Tim Jernigan. I mean, they are six deep at least uh, on that front 
line. Now, they play a 4-3 with the wide nine and all that good stuff. But that is where it starts for the Philadelphia Eagles. And that is clearly their strength because linebackers are not. You have former Redskins, Zach Brown. You have guys like Nigel Branham. Uh, They are, in my opinion, uh, very shaky at the linebacker spot. They're also deep and good. Rodney McLeod, Malcolm Jenkins at the safety position. And if Ronald Darby is healthy, which he's not going to be for the first part of the season, he is a great corner. Sidney Jones, a good young developmental corner. Uh, But certainly there is some area of concern on the back seven, uh, the back group for the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, they are strong at safety. They are strong at the defensive line, weak at the corners, and weak at the linebacker uh, particular position. I think you can move the football against this Eagles defense if, if you can block up their pass rush and if you can give your quarterback time all right that's going to do it for us on the locked on redskins podcast episode number 272 back with another episode with training camp 2019 underway right here on lor 272 adios hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.